You're listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. You can find out more about this and other network shows, as well as Small Town Monsters films, books, our upcoming Kickstarter campaign, and much more at smalltownmonsters.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another Sunday night Small Town Monsters live after show. My name is Aaron. For those of you who I have not had the pleasure of meeting, I am the author of The Texas Dogman Triangle, and I have the privilege of being your host tonight. I will be joined by a very super cool, awesome guest here in a few minutes, but we do have just a couple of announcements that we want to make sure we get through. Definitely, definitely set your calendars for February 1st. I almost said February 2nd. February 1st of next year, that will be the launch of the next Small Town Monsters Kickstarter campaign, where you'll have the opportunity to back such projects as Dogman Territory, Werewolves in the Land Between the Lakes, as well as, I'm really excited about this one, Lost Contact which is the story of the Mantell UFO incident, which I think, I know I'm very excited about. I hope you guys are as well. (laughs) And probably the biggest announcement this week, the thing I know a lot of us are really excited about, we announced the launch of Werewolves Unearthed on October the 1st. That will be available on Amazon Prime. Uh, Check that out as soon as you can. Just in time for spooky season. Might be a good film to add to your Halloween festivities, you know, if that's your vibe. It's my vibe. We also have a lot of new merch on the Small Town Monsters shop. We've got this crazy, super cool 80s style heavy metal design. We've got this super cool collage design, which is also available on a mug. I'm really excited about the mug. I wanted to make sure I mentioned it tonight. And of course, as always, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and you can check out this show and all the other live streams we've done recently on your podcasting platform of choice under the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. Speaking of the broadcasting network, one last thing. i got to give a shout out to my good friends, Heather Mosier and Jonathan Dodd. The Lore You Know uh, has been relaunched for season two. And our most recent episode was, of course, with Jonathan Dodd. So catch that on your podcatcher. I heard that term recently, podcatcher. I really like it, of choice. Last but not least, I might have already said that, Monster Fest 2 is happening June 29th of next year, downtown Canton, Ohio, at the Doubletree Inn. Uh, Monster Fest 1 was an epic and super cool event. I really hope I get the chance to see as many of you there as possible. And at Monster Fest 1, I had the opportunity to meet tonight's guest. Super cool guy. Uh, super excited to hang out with him tonight. I know you're all excited to see him, Mr. Adam Dugan. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. This this is one of the highlights of my week is doing this show. So I'm super, super excited to hang out with you. I am very excited to be here as well. I am uh, super, super pumped. Uh, I love this show. So this is this is great. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Super happy to have you. Um, I do want to give a shout out and a huge thank you to all of our new squad members, uh, Samantha, Tim, and Sharon for signing up for the squad. Squad access, guys, gets you access to, uh, or sorry, squad membership gets you access to early release content in ad-free 4K. And it makes what we do here possible. So just want to say thank you to that. Um, we are going to get into tonight's topic. We're talking about On the Trail of Bigfoot, uh, The Search, which is a favorite of mine. But we do have a trivia question tonight. And the, the person who knows the answer to this trivia question will receive a signed copy. I'm so excited. It's our first giveaway on this show. We'll receive a signed copy of Old Man of the Mountain by our friend Les O'Dell, which is, which is super cool. I don't have a copy of it, so I pulled up this picture on my phone. But uh, <laughs> let's get into that real quick. 
Tonight's trivia question is, what celebrity was involved of the, in the theft of the Pangbosh hand from a Himalayan monastery? This is kind of an obscure piece of Bigfoot history that I'm excited to see. Who knows? I know somebody's going to know. But uh, we'll see if anyone Amelia knows. Amelia Earhart. It was not Amelia Earhart. But maybe. <laughs> Could be. Not saying yes, not saying no. <laughs> um, oh, man. Oh, wow. That came in really fast. Uh, Ristol got it right away. James Stewart or Jimmy Stewart. Noted celebrity. Funny man. Wow. I thought that was going to take a little more time. <laughs> wow. Actually, a lot. A lot of people knew the answer. Wow. Uh, uh, shout out to Scott, Michael. Uh, fate, uh, sorry, this it doesn't show me the names of people on Facebook. It just says Facebook user. So whoever you are, thank you. You got it. Uh, Thad Steven Brown. Seagal was a good get. Was a good guess though. Somebody Steven guessed. Seagal is a great guess. And if someone told me that Steven Seagal was involved in the theft of a piece of Bigfoot, you know, artifactory, I would not be surprised. Wouldn't think twice um, about it. Yeah, I, no, I would, I would believe it. Uh, Ristal, hey, congrats! You were the first to get it over here. A lot of people got it all at once. I'm super impressed by all you guys. Uh, reach out to us on one of our socials, Small Town Monsters, on Instagram or uh, uh, X or Twitter uh, or Facebook. Get in touch with us. We're gonna get you a signed copy of that book. Thank you so much, guys. Dang, I thought. Honestly, I thought this was gonna be like something that people would have to Google and figure out, and it would be mm -hmm. 20 minutes of the show. So. Yeah, no, um, they're too good. <laughs> too good. I underestimated you guys. I am ashamed. Anyway, let's get into <laughs> our discussion tonight. Um, Adam, for anyone tuning into On the Trail of Bigfoot, the search for the first time, anyone who's not familiar with your body of work, anyone who's showing up on the stream going, who is this handsome boy in front of me? Um, who are you? Yeah, that's a, I, I have that existential question every single morning when I wake up. Um, <laughs> Same here, brother. <laughs> talk to a therapist about that one. Um, yeah. So um, I, my name is Adam. I grew up in Southeastern Tennessee, which has got its own kind of like lore, uh, a bunch of different things, a lot of paranormal type stuff. Um, uh, Chickamauga battlefield and old green eyes and whatever, which is kind of was, was interesting to me now. And when I was younger, um, but essentially, I got into the subject uh, through my dad. So my dad, um, ironically enough, is a pastor of a large church. He's since retired, um, but he was never your traditional pastor. Um, he always looked at things. Um, well, the way that I would assume maybe one would who took the very like spiritual paranormal side of the Bible seriously. So we were never like blocked off from watching paranormal investigation shows and, and, you know, Bigfoot shows and uh, any type of cryptid. Um, and so I originally kind of got into the whole world of Bigfoot via the paranormal side of things. I was just a obsessed with the idea of that with, you know, haunted houses or things or scary places. I've always, I love horror movies. I, I, um, ironically enough, werewolves dogmen are my favorite monster, like out of everything. Like I, I, I love Silver Bullet is my favorite, my favorite scary movie. And it may not be the scariest movie, but I just love Stephen King and the Silver Bullet. Um, anyway, uh, I got into everything via the paranormal side of things. Um, so I had the opportunity to 
film essentially a, a pilot show for a paranormal investigation uh, deal back in the day, um, kind of back around, I guess it was maybe just, it was around the, when Ghost Adventures kind of like kicked off. It was that same time. Um, it didn't go anywhere. Um, we didn't really find anything interesting. I think that was kind of the main takeaway. Um, but uh, so kind of got in it, into it through there and then became aware of all of the other things that surround that world even. And, you know, sometimes I think in some, in some people's opinions with, which, you know, neither here nor there, uh, paranormal and Bigfoot cross over one another. Um, and so it was only a matter of time before I stumbled into the Bigfoot world and then uh, kind of met Seth through uh, a shared interest in music. We're both big music guys and I played in a bunch of bands and things like that and happened to see a post on his page one time about a band that I love and grew up loving. Uh, and he had posted about them and I was like, Hey, you like Bigfoot and this band? We are two very strange individuals to cross paths in the night. So we connected through that and kind of hit it off. So that's awesome, man. Now, I remember seeing you in STM films really early when I started watching them. And I was like, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yes. So I'm a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do, you do, you know, you do fill the role of, um, I don't think this is the character name. This is just what's in my head canon. Park Ranger Adam. In, yeah. In Blood yeah. Dean, I think was his name. Yeah. Dean, that, that's right. Ranger and, Dean. Uh, uh -huh. And Edgar in yeah. Momo. Um, those, yes. are, those are my two, uh, man, I've got an IMDB and everything. So you know yeah. I'm le legit legit exactly but, both yeah. both of those roles you, you portray the hero that we need but don't deserve yet that's and it so I, that's I think it. that's how i live my day to day yeah <laughs> <laughs> saving kids from monsters um, that's what i do <laughs> how how did you get involved in sasquatch research you, you talked a little bit about your background you know you mm -hmm. said this was kind of something that you know came to you but um you know i'm just curious about more of the more of your history there yeah so um, again, my, my dad, uh, for sure, uh, was a big part of it because he actually encouraged it, you know, like to be curious. And I think that that's kind of something that stuck with me to, to not think in, uh, inside the box more with anything, whether that's career or, uh, interests or whatever, like, you know, it's kind of interesting to be a, a walking kind of enigma, like, you know, you do what you like to do and you research what you like to research and you find interesting and you don't really worry about what other people think about it necessarily. And that was pretty cool to me to have like a, like a, like someone that I respected so much be like, no, it's cool. Go explore it. Like go look and, you know, see, see what's out there. If it interests you, then I'll su support you in doing that. And so that kind of kicked it off there. Um, and then I think like a lot of people, it turned into a borderline obsession where it was, there's something really cool about thinking that there are monsters in the woods. Like that's just kind of cool in and of itself. And um, I uh, started listening to podcasts and, you know, kind of back in the day, YouTube wasn't what it is now. It's just like, you know, essentially it works like cable TV to, I think most of us where it's just where we consume the content that we consume. And, uh, but it was kind of, I think it was kind of kicking off then. And so you could, you could jump on YouTube and you could, you could listen to stories. And I thought those were fascinating. I always loved ghost stories. Um, and so I liked hearing the people's perspective of those things and then reading about, you know, the, the finer details of what they saw or what they heard or in the case of Bigfoot, what they smelled or, or whatever else, like, 
I think that like the human side of it is super, super interesting. Um, especially when you, when you hear someone talk and they're legitimately afraid or they're mm -hmm. just, you can tell they're just perplexed. Like they don't, they didn't ask for whatever this encounter was, whether it was a ghost, whether it was Bigfoot, whatever, it just happened. And so, you know, they shared their story and I thought that was interesting. So I, I went down that rabbit hole of just what's out there. Um, and, you know, from the paranormal side, then it was, you know, it was Bigfoot, obviously. And uh, the, the, you know, the low hanging fruit is the Loch Ness monster and stuff like that. And then you learn about Champ and then you learn about Dogmen and, you know, you watch werewolf movies. And you're like, oh, there are people who see things that kind of like this. Like this is a Stephen King book. This is scary. And there are people who have encountered something that they can't explain that this is the closest thing that they can relate to. Um, and from there, it was a lot of uh, kind of self-study. I started writing on a blog um, called Search the Woods. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that for a bit and I really enjoyed it. I love writing. Uh, and so it was a good outlet for me to write and also like kind of just express like my thoughts on the subject, um, you know, uh, I've always called myself like a, a hopeful skeptic. Um, like I like to think that I think about things fairly rationally, but there's a certain point in this whole world where being rational kind of is like, you've reached like an end point to that where it's like, okay, well, nothing we're really thinking about is what most people would consider as rational or feasible. And so then once you hit that point, you know, then you start exploring the really like, odd things surrounding it and whatever. And um, yeah, from there, so it was just a lot of self-study and just, I'm sure like a lot of people, you know, watching and people who consume small town monsters content, like they're just curious. And I think mm -hmm. that's the, the best way to be. So that's, that's kind yeah. of what it, how it started for me in the history, I guess. It kind of, kind of snowballs at a certain point. Right? It does. Like, you get to a certain point where like, this is really cool. Oh, there's more. Okay. Yeah. And, this, and, and, you know, I like, this is what I do now. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and you know, like, in this, like there's always another, um, cryptid. There's, there's always another urban legend. There's always another haunted graveyard or, you know, uh, uh, lover's leap, like wh wherever you are, it's always there. It's always a, a monster in those woods or, or whatever. It doesn't matter what small town, no pun intended. Like you go into it's, right. it's there. You said the name of the company. Hey. See, I did it. I did it, and I didn't think about it too long before I said it, so I didn't ruin it. Um, <laughs> but I think that, like, uh, to also have something that it fascinates you, but is like a bottomless pit of just like uncovering a bit more and a bit more. I just think that that's that's cool. Like you don't really have to worry about running out of things to read about. There's as much there as you want to as you want to go into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's such good advice. Um, for those of you just joining us, uh, my name is Aaron, and tonight I'm joined by Adam Dugan, and we are discussing On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Search. Uh, any questions or comments you guys have, go ahead and drop them in the chat on whatever platform you're watching on, and we'll do our best to get to them. Um, we do have an important news alert from Kittles. Uh, news alert, Bigfoot just won the National Hide and Seek Tournament for the 235th time. He's good. So, He's very good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank what you, you Kittles. Yeah. What else can you say? You can't beat him. Yeah. He's unstoppable. <laughs> um, we do have an important question. It's a little off topic, but I got to make sure that we answer it. Uh, Michael Cardi Sr. Hi. Love your show, guys. Thank you very much. We appreciate you watching. And are Dogman real? My opinion of that is yes, having written a book about it. 
but Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I think that I think that I'm trying to think of like I try very carefully to to articulate my thoughts clearly to not misconstrue something. So if you see me staring off into space, it's because I'm thinking of the right I do words. The same thing, man. Right yeah, there with good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. I there think that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I think that there is. I think there are a couple of different avenues you can go down. I think I've heard people talk and and, and express or, or, or convey their stories of seeing something that in a sense looks like what you would think of as a Bigfoot, but something is not quite the same thing. And whether that is some sort of inbreeding something mal formation of, of you know like a like a muzzle or whatever else or if it is its own thing i don't discount those stories at all being like i said being a skeptic like i i find a lot of um what is the right way to put this i find a lot i find it very interesting to hear people's stories about these things um it's hard for me to say one way you know do i think they're real i think that there is something out there that does not look like a traditional bigfoot that people are seeing I, and I and I think that it is if I'm willing to believe that there is something like a Bigfoot out there, far be it for me to say that there's not something that uh, looks more like a dog as far as like its, you know, characteristics in its in its face and its mouth and nose and whatever else. So if that's a dog, man, then I think it is 100 percent plausible. Um, I've never seen one, so I wouldn't ask anyone to believe me on my word, you know, or, or whatever. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I you know, if I, if I'm willing to entertain the idea of Bigfoot, I don't really feel like it's my place to not entertain the idea of things like Bigfoot that don't, for, don't fit our traditional like mold of, of what's out there in the woods. Sure. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, man. Like we, you think about all the crazy stuff that we don't know about that we're still trying to figure out. We don't have an enumerated list of all the unsolved things happening out there. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I agree with yes. you on that. It's, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Good answer. Not that, not that there's a bad answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of on that same note though, you mentioned you haven't seen one of these things. We do have a question from Julie bug. Uh, always good to see you, Julie. Have you ever had any encounters or sightings? Um, I have not. So. Okay. Okay. So I would say, um, the episode, uh, of on the trail of Bigfoot, I, I don't think that there was actual, recording of this because of when it when it took place but uh when uh seth and i were in oklahoma um with um the nawac um we had we had an incident uh at night that i cannot explain and it's it's really hard to like wrap your brain around the fact that the most logical explanation is bigfoot or is a giant ape in the woods because when you when you at least the way that I work through things and it's not necessarily the right way, but it's how I do it. You go through all the things. Well, it could be this. It could be this. How likely is it this thing or whatever? And you get down this whole funnel till all you're left with is I'm nuts. And just, you know, uh, Seth and I shared a, uh, you know, a, a mutual like uh, audible hallucination or whatever, which that seems pretty unlikely, but I, I mean, who knows? Or, this thing that I heard actually happened. And if it did, again, the bottom of that funnel leads to something that 
that to me seems like a, a, a giant ape. Um, uh, and I'll go ahead and say it. Like, I think in my mind, it does not mean that I'm correct whatsoever. Um, Bigfoot seems to me to be a, a large, like undiscovered primate. And I know people will disagree. And I know that that's a controversial idea within the Bigfoot world. And I respect people's opinions. So I'm not pushing mine on anyone. Um, but it fit, you know, that, that narrative that I had fit what I heard. So we were, it was the middle of the night. We had been there a couple of days. You're in the middle of backwoods, Oklahoma. And when I say backwoods, like no cell phone reception, you know, um, really no technology to speak of other than what the members of the NAWAC had, which they were very well equipped, but no one was getting it back there with us. I mean, we had to essentially rock crawl to get back to where we were. Um, nauseatingly so like rock crawl back um into this little clearing and uh we had had some kind of interesting things happen smells and you know obviously we had the kind of the anecdotal stories that they had shared with us about you know this happened and we saw this and whatever and um the that night seth and i were we had decided that we were going to be tough guys because there's a big research uh cabin essentially built it was pretty incredible that they had done that they had done this in the middle of nowhere. So all of the members of the NAWC with all of their, um, with all the firearms, with all of everything that they had were in this cabin. And Seth and I had set up camp probably, I want to say maybe 50 yards away from there back out towards the edge of the clearing and towards the woods. So we were far enough away that we felt like, you know, if we're bait, we're bait, I guess. Um, <laughs> At least you're behind the we, firing line, that's it. Yeah. I mean, like hopefully yeah. <laughs> nothing pops up behind us because we know where everything is coming from and it's just coming right in our face, you know? Um, but so laying there half asleep, um, there was a crash, like, like a rock it sounded like a rock was my initial thought again, being half asleep, kind of in that in between stage where just it echoed. It was so loud. Um, obviously something big, and um, it was, I, I will never forget this. It was, it was hilarious because Seth was half asleep. I was half asleep. We're both in these little cots on two sides of the tent and he sits up and I, and I think, and he might tell you differently exact, his exact words were, were, you know, sleep in his eyes. Oh God, it's happening. You know, like, <laughs> like that was the first thing. It. And this is it. We did. Well, this is it. We're getting ready to see something nuts. And so we both kind of sit up and it, the rock crashed and probably, you know, I would say three seconds later, if you've ever been to like a gibbon exhibit, uh, like at a zoo where they're the, or a howler monkey, even something like that, where it is just this high pitched, you're a two-year-old, I think would recognize the sound of a monkey. Like, and, but it sounded like a monkey with lungs the size of like a refrigerator. And it bellowed out and it was this, I, I, I'm going to lose all credibility if I try to make the noise, but um, it was hey, like a, we're just hanging out. Yeah. It was like a, and it just echoed though. And then there was like, like, like uh, the chatter afterwards, like, like afterwards it was wild. And I get like goosebumps thinking about it because it was a, it, it just like it was like time kind of froze right there because you just heard this crash and you know where you are and your brain's trying to register like okay again trying to go through this funnel of my skeptical nature and go down it 
it's like, okay, well, we're not in a zoo. Um, we, I don't know of any North American primates that make that are here that make that noise. Do I know any other animals that make that? And we had heard owls all night. I grew up in, like I said, in Tennessee. I know what an owl sounds like. I know what a, a barred owl sounds like. I know what, and they can sound wild, a fox, um, that kind of stuff. I know this was so loud and so primate-like um, that I can't remember keep like flipping almost through like a, like a, like a, like a book of animals that I knew. Like, what is that? What is that? What is that? And it kept, I was like, I'm an idiot if I'm trying to convince myself that that didn't sound like a monkey, but it almost seemed too good to be true that, that that's what I just heard, given what we were there looking for and what we had heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I believe it was the next morning after all, I mean, it, it happened really quick. There was a loud bang that woke us up and then almost like laughter, like a loud, like whoop and cackle, chatter, laughter, whatever. And I remember like in the kind of the periphery, other things moving, rustling, whatever else, again, half asleep. So, you know, uh, who knows if that was my brain adding stuff into the situation, but all of a sudden half asleep to high alert and you know, expecting to unzip the tent, look out and just see something bounding up the side. Unfortunately, it was super dark. We didn't have anything recording, which is the age old thing. Like you yell at the TV when you're like, why are you not recording? You just turn your camera on. But when when it happens, it's so fast that mm-hmm. um, that just it we had just registered what had we had just heard by the time it was done. Um and so we waited until the next morning and went out. And on top of what they called the hooch, which was essentially this almost like a carport with a tin roof to it. There were, uh, I remember one rock specifically, like, you know, not quite football size, but pretty big. And, you know, our kind of conclusion was whatever made the noise, thinking back, it sounded like it hit tin. And so that makes sense that there's, there's a rock that was not there that is now on top of this tin roof. And there was what sounded like almost playful, like not intimidating other than the, 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 just the massiveness of like the sound itself, almost playful. Like, you know, we're here, you know, you know, apes throw things. I mean, they're famous for throwing their poop. Uh, I don't think that was poop. That was, that was a loud poop. I think it was a rock. Um, <laughs> throw and, very, uh, very hard. <laughs> yeah. Throw, just, just throwing that poop like a, you know, like a Greg Maddox fastball down the middle. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, all of those pieces going together. So I know this is a long answer to a question about an experience, but that was, no, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. No. Yeah. That was the <laughs> Seth and I, we drove, I think we drove home the next day, maybe. And we almost didn't know like what to say because it was kind of like this thing that you hoped was real and you would listen to podcasts since you were little. I mean, I listened to Seth, I listened to Sasquatch like before I, before I knew Seth personally whatsoever. So that was another piece of like the origin story. I had listened to that forever. Like while I was walking my dog, I would listen to him, uh, he and Mark. And, uh, so then to be there, for me, especially, very surreal. Sitting next to this guy, listening to a podcast about Bigfoot, loving all of this stuff, being so into it, and then having this experience in this place that I'd heard about, like it was almost a mythical area X, like a mythical place, and then having an experience 
that I could legitimately say, I'm not making this up in my head. This is not pareidolia. Pareidolia? Is that it? Pareidolia? Whatever it is where your where your eyes or your ears make something that's not there because they yeah, were trying to recognize like something. Looking for yeah. patterns. And, yeah. Exactly. It, and, and knowing 100% it was not that. We called my dad. We called Seth's dad. Uh, I think we called pretty much just random people we hadn't talked to in like, you know, since high school. Just to tell them, you know, like, hey, we're not crazy. We were always the weird kid. And obviously we were right. Um and since then, like, obviously, the further you get out from a situation like that, the more skepticism creeps in. And you're like, well, it could have been or whatever. But to be totally honest with you, like, I still have not come up with a, you know, what the world would consider a rational, like, reason or, or, or source of what we heard. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's my Bigfoot experience. And there have been little things here and there um, being on these trips with Seth that have been really interesting, but nothing that stands out the way that does where it really kind of like. I almost felt like validation, like, okay, all right. I, w- I became even more interested in the subject because all of a sudden there was no part of me that didn't fully, wasn't willing to fully entertain the idea of it actually being there and not just something that I thought was a, a cool thought experiment, more or less. That's so, so cool, man. No, that's, that's so feel. interesting. Because no, I, I love that answer. I have never had an experience with this stuff. I'm a hundred percent you know, enthusiast, <laughs> mm-hmm. armchair researcher, whatever you like. So that's so yeah. interesting. And like, yeah, you can say, okay, well, of course we saw something because we were out there looking, but you were out there looking, you know, you're in the place mm-hmm. where these things are happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it's too, too much of a stretch. Just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I am, I am very like, uh, I very much understand the idea of somebody like, well, you're looking for Bigfoot and you found Bigfoot. Like, what are the odds? Like I completely, I am, I've said that a million times. So like, mm-hmm. that is not going to hurt my feelings. If that is somebody's response to that story whatsoever, because I get it. And sure. yeah. all I know is all I know is what happened. And I'm not claiming 100% that it was Bigfoot. I'm just saying, I like to think of myself as a reasonably intelligent guy in some situations. You don't ask college professors or anything because they may say completely different. <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, for me anyway, I know what happened. Seth knows what happened. I have, you know, the guys who, uh, the other guys who are there know what happened. And at the end of the day, that's all it is. Um, but for yeah. me, that was, uh, that was pretty cool at the very least. So, you know, you still have this experience. Yeah. I have it. Yeah. I will always have it. Um, and you know, that's, if that's all it is and that's all it is, is an experience that I had. And to me, that is cool enough. Sorry, there's a fly and it is going to drive me nuts, but we'll, no, uh, we'll you're deal good. with it when I, when I catch it, he'll get what's coming to him and it's going to happen listen, a lot on the, it's going to happen right here. I might break my computer <laughs> monitor, but that fly is not going to be around much longer. That'd be the most explosive ending of this show we've had yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that was an awesome question. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Adam. That was awesome. Um, question from our good friend, Scott. Always good to see you, Scott. Uh, this is going back to what we were discussing earlier. Aaron, are you saying Adam is Batman? I was not saying that before, uh, but now I think yes. Um, I'm not saying the, I'm not. With the not hero analogy, I, I, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. see. I don't know. Not sure who's taking the role from Ben Affleck next. Could be Adam. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh! Here's a fun, a fun chain I wanted to make sure we got to. Our good friend Alex over at Petacob Media 
Adam does all his own stunts. I can attest to this, nearly watching him mess himself up on the Momo shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, what's so what's so wild is number one. I I also after Momo, it was the first time I ever met uh, Alexander Petikoff, and he is he is the epitome of like a a real outdoorsman. Like yes. whenever you watch him in anything, the the man is authentic as it gets. He is Nothing extremely is intimidating. Yes. It is. It's nuts. It's it's wild. I told my dad when I when we got back from that, I was like, okay, here's the deal. If I ever get lost in the woods and you need someone to find me, I want call you to call him. Guy. Call this guy because if anyone will, this will be the guy that does it. I mean, you know, you see somebody and you're like, okay, cool. Like he's got a big beard. He's like burly. Wears plaid. Like whatever else. Like he. That's that is Alexander. Like, and I have the. That's I'm okay out in the woods. But there, if there's a if Batman, yeah, that would be Batman. That would be Batman of the of the forest. I would say. I'm, I'm here would, for that. Yeah, but yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure so, you can blindfold him and kick him out of a helicopter over a wooded area. Um, and he he would fine. be like, "What's next? I'm like this is fine. <laughs> like it's not even on fire. What is he's this? on the way down, and he's like, "Well, I see breakfast, lunch, dinner, a snack, a place to sleep, some warmth, some clothes. Oh, and there's a way home." Uh, because that, you know, this I can see this star from here, which means that you know McDonald's on Highway 58 is just literally like down that way. Like I have no, <laughs> I have no doubt. But the 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 Momo thing, like I we had to I had to jump off of a little like uh, ledge thing into this pit, and we had to film it multiple times. It was muddy in the bottom, and you couldn't see the bottom because it was dark. And so Alexander has this woodsman thing. And then all of a sudden he turned into like, like the most nurturing motherly figure ever. Cause I like hit the <laughs> ground and like semi hyperextended my knee. It was all wet cause it was muddy. And uh, the guy is like so worried about my well being. He's like, somebody get this guy a jacket. He's cold. He's cold. We, he's going to get sick. Get a jacket. You have a jacket. Are you okay? Are you all right? Is your knee okay? Do you want me to look at, we can look at it. If you, are you all right? And I was like, this is man is a just like walking, whatever, catch 22. Like he is just this Bill Burley dude. And then the next second he's, you know, he's worried that maybe I'm, I might get like cold chills. So yeah, he's a, <laughs> Alexander is, he's a really cool guy. He's a very interesting guy and super authentic. I mean, he is what you watch on YouTube and in the movies and whatnot. He's a good dude, man. Yeah. He is. He's, he definitely he's, he's, is. He's a good dude. Um, our yeah. friend Ristol, who won the trivia contest earlier, um, asks, does that mean that Alex has his own stunt double? I didn't see if Alex answered this question in the chat because I thought I would let you answer it if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does. Uh, number one, nobody can grow a beard like that. So no. if you're going to get a stunt double, you got to have somebody that just like manliness just comes out of his face, you know? And I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't think that that's honestly possible and nobody can pull off that hat. Like he can't either. Like, no. I know, I know I sure as heck could not do that, but I mean, he, I mean, he rocks it. Like, I think that's part of him. He's just authentic, which I think is, is super cool. That, that speaks to Alex, like in all seriousness. I, I mean, yeah. that is the utmost like compliment. Much agreed. Much agreed. <laughs> well, getting, uh, getting back a little bit to the movie. I could sit here and talk about Alex all night. But <laughs> we all could. We all could. Who couldn't? Uh, Scott asks Adam, you refer to yourself as a hopeful skeptic. 
in this episode of On the Trail and your trip to Area X, did that make you less skeptical and or increase your desire to find evidence? Great question, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, that is a super good question. It definitely made me, um, it definitely made the hopeful side of the hopeful kind of skeptic tag line or whatever you want to call it. Um, it really pushed me way further into the hope, into the hopeful side, because I mean, all of a sudden you're willing to entertain, not that you were entertaining it before. And you hear credible stories from people that you consider credible. And we all have different, different levels that people need to cross to get that. But I'd heard plenty of them, but it's kind of, and maybe it's kind of selfish and, or, or distrusting in general. And maybe that's a, you know, maybe that's a, uh, a character flaw even to be inherently distrusting, but it, it definitely, when you, when you hit that point where you have that thing happen and you literally cannot explain it. And then you begin to get asked those questions like, well, like I said, you were looking for Bigfoot and you found Bigfoot. I mean, come on. All of a sudden you're like, Oh wait, I don't want to do that as much to other people now, because to me, like, yes, I was looking for Bigfoot and we, had an experience that seemed like something like I would think that Bigfoot, a Bigfoot experience would be. I'm not a liar. Like I know that I'm not, I know that nothing was staged um, to my knowledge and to Seth's knowledge. And, and, but again, like so much of this world is personal experience. And I really, in a way, envy the people who don't need it to just be all in on it because I think that's fun. Like I, I truly think it is, way more fun to believe that there are monsters in the woods than to just doubt everything that you hear everyone say. Um, but that experience definitely pushed me to the, it became much easier for me to listen to stories that maybe seemed a little more far-fetched than what I would have previously, like even entertained. And now all of a sudden I'm more than willing to entertain those, those stories. Um, because my own story seems pretty far-fetched. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, so yeah, definitely leaned me more towards the, I was hoping something was out there. Now I am pretty confident that something is out there. And I kind of maintain that to this to this day. Like I've never seen one and I would never ask anyone to take my story as evidence of Bigfoot's existence. But I can say for me personally, I take my story as evidence of something being in the woods that, that I was not previously uh, like privy to the knowledge of like, there's something out, there's something out there. And I think even before that, like, I think the stories are compelling enough. There's enough of them to think that like, we tend to be very arrogant as like human beings and think that we know what's out there and what's there and what's there. And then when you look and realize how much is actually unexplored and how many new things are being found all the time. I mean, the whole current like UFO situation is like case in point. Like there were a lot of people saying, I saw these things. I saw these things. And they're like, no, you're nuts. You didn't see anything. Like it was a shooting star. It was, you know, uh, I'm a huge fighter jet nerd, massive, like massive. So we won't even go into that, but like, you know, it's a, it's a government aircraft or, or whatever. And, um, a weather balloon, a weather balloon, like those kinds of things. And they would write them off. And now all of a sudden, um, you're getting some very credible people. Some of them, I think, are more credible than others. But regardless, the, as a whole, you're getting, in my mind, you're getting fighter pilots. You're getting military pilots that are saying, we saw these things. The videos have come out. You know, there was obviously the New York Times article with David Fravor. Um, 
and his and even his the whole squadron out there that were coming off of the Nimitz, like they all saw it. Uh, and then the same thing's happening on the East Coast. Um, the you know, and then you have the government officials, you know, saying like, yeah, actually, like I'm kind of ticked off because I should have been read into this and I wasn't read into it. So now what's the point of me trying to hide it anymore? They didn't want me in on it. I'm just going to talk about it. And, you know, so mm -hmm. I have a feeling that there will be some kind of like, it sounds weird to say enlightenment, but something like that where people are made aware that this has been going on for a while and there have been some things that maybe weren't necessarily covered up, but also weren't, uh, were not made publicly visible on purpose. So if you call it a cover up, then maybe that's what it is, but just not talked yeah. about. Like we have a choice to talk about it or not. We're going to choose to not talk about it for one reason or the other. So, um, yeah, yeah I think that, I think that, uh, it, I tend, I'm rambling succinctly. It made me much more hopeful. No. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so. with you on that. I think again, the UFO topic is super important. We'll we'll be talking about that more in the future as we mm -hmm. go. But I think it's vindicating for a lot of us who have been interested in this stuff for a long time. But even more importantly, people who have seen strange things in the sky who have been told, no, you imagine that. No. Okay, well now the government is saying these things exist and we don't know where right. they are. So right. to me that have for a long time. A lot yeah. of you. A yep. long time, yeah. Absolutely. Like to me, that frames that reframes every UFO report and story we've ever heard and that we've looked at and mm -hmm. said, okay, we think this is credible, we think this isn't because of what was reported. We have to reassess all that stuff now. Is my yep. opinion. I um, totally agree. And it carries over, I think, into, into all the other into the the paranormal world, into the Bigfoot world, into whatever. Because I mean it's like this UFO subject was written off as like the you know, the talking points of uh, you know, uh, mentally ill people or people on some sort of hallucinogenic or whatever, like it was immediately written off. And all of a sudden that the whole foundation of like that thought process, is kind of just like not an acceptable answer anymore after all of this. And I, and mm -hmm. I think that, I yeah. think that, um, I think that it's only a matter of time until there is some real solid evidence that there's something out there and whatever that ends up being, whether it is Bigfoot or who knows what, I mean, like, that's what I think is exciting is I do believe without a shadow of a doubt that there is something out there that we don't know about. So Bigfoot, you know, in my mind, a giant undiscovered ape or whatever seems plausible. And so I'm very much willing to entertain that idea, but even if it's not, something's out there that we don't, that we don't know about. And to me, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But just yeah. on the uh, just on its face, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, I agree with you. Just the fact so. that the world is that strange, you know, and that yeah. we haven't figured it all out yet. Is yeah, no one wants to think they know everything. Uh, we do have a uh, question we, on yeah. that that I really want to get to. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if I did. I'd have a lot more money, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, apologies to, to the person that asked this question. For some reason, StreamYard doesn't want to tell me the names of people who asks questions when they're coming through Facebook. But Facebook user, apologies again, asks, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Mothman, cryptid creature, supernatural being, or mistaken identity? I have an answer, but I, I'm, I want to hear from Adam. Oh. Um, What's, I didn't need to hide it. There it is. <laughs> let me... So I think 
whatever happened, uh, you know, with with the, like the the I don't even know. And someone someone will probably call me out that not maybe the origin story, but the most famous story, um, you know, surrounding the bridge collapse and kind of like all of those things, like this omen of like doom and whatever else. I've I went through a period where I I read a lot about that, and there's some really if they're coincidences, there's some pretty wild coincidences that, that some people uh, had, you know, there had been such a, such a large number of people seeing whatever this thing was. And it kind of brought along this, I believe part of all of that was like a kind of just like a general feeling of like dread in general, like something's, something's up, something's not right. Something. I'm a Star Wars nerd too. So like there's a disruption in the force somewhere. Like something just doesn't feel good. Um, and then these things would happen and and whatnot. Um I am also uh I'm also a Christian. I'm a very open, I would like to think I'm a very open-minded Christian. So I also look at a lot of these things from a uh from more of a spiritual perspective. And I don't mm-hmm. think that you can be a Christian that believes what the Bible says. And I understand that a lot of it is wild, uh, but that is kind of the realm that like, I think we all operate in as a bit of like the, wow, that's pretty unbelievable, you know? Uh, so I also look at those things from that perspective too. Like I certainly believe in a world beyond what we can see. And there's nothing about that story that doesn't seem feasible to me being something supernatural, something you know, call it evil, call it whatever. Like, I think that that is completely and totally plausible. And I would be a hypocrite if I said mm-hmm. that I was a Christian and was not willing to entertain like that idea. Um, sure. So super, yeah. yeah. So supernatural being to me seems like completely plausible. Um, but again, I'm, I, I like the idea of Bigfoot and Dogman and, you know, champ. And so I'm completely willing to, to like entertain the idea of a cryptid as well. Um, I actually think the mistaken identity thing in my mind seems like even less likely in that, in that situation. Um, you know, that's me. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't know. I'd like, I think Mothman is super interesting. Um, and I'm by no means an expert. So, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on that? No, I'm with you there. I, I think it is something that exists on a level that we are not capable of comprehending. Um, at least in this point at our development as a species, Probably not within our lifetime. Um, I'm fond of the extra dimensional, you know, outside of our reality theory, mm-hmm. because if we look at some of the eyewitness uh, reports, this thing defied the laws of physics. It was traveling at speeds that birds shouldn't be able to fly. It was mm-hmm. taking off in near silence without flapping the point, just, you know, shooting up mm-hmm. into the air. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have things today that can allow a humanoid figure of that size and shape to do that. As good as our mm-hmm. drones are, they don't quite do that yet. Right. So. I'm, I'm of the opinion that this is something that is from outside of our reality, whether that makes it uh, an extraterrestrial in the sense that it came from another planet or whether it's something from between dimensions, like I said, an extra dimensional, which now science mm-hmm. is saying, hey, this might be a thing. There, are, there probably are other realities. We just don't know how to get to them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where I come down on. That's yeah, that's yeah, my I think that's, I think that's as well as I think that's super. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Like I. I just don't like the idea of throwing things out because you can't explain what they are. I don't think that that helps anybody um, to not explore all the possibilities and to keep an open mind when it comes to it. doesn't mean that you have to state your opinion 100% anyway, but 
I think that it's kind of, it's kind of an admirable trait to be able to just express an opinion that might sound a bit out there, but also be able to justify it with this is why I think that. And yeah, there it is. And so it is what it yeah. is. Take it for what it's worth. And then that's it. So I, I agree. And it's you, okay man. to be wrong too. Like, you know, I have opinions about stuff in this niche that I'm pretty sure are probably wrong, but it's still mm -hmm. kind of what I think based on the research mm -hmm. I've done. So I think mm -hmm. it's okay to, it's okay to, formulate opinions and be wrong about stuff and put your opinions out there. So great question yeah. again. Fast super good. I'm so yeah. sorry about that. Love that one. Yeah. I can talk about Mothman for a long time. Man. Um, we do have a question from Carl about Dogman. We've seen a few comments tonight about Dogman, some opinions on Dogman. Um, I didn't dive too deep on that guys because I wanted to make sure we stayed on topic, but we will be talking Dogman in the future, especially with werewolves on earth coming up. So, but we will touch on this one really quick. Carl thoughts on Dogman. My opinion, overarching, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I think it's an unidentified species, whether a mutant or a one-off or a genetic aberration. That's my opinion. But there is a very supernatural side to it that seems to come up in a lot of sightings. I'll, I'll leave it at that for my take. What about you, Adam? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I think that if I'm, if I'm willing to entertain the idea of Bigfoot, then I need to be willing to entertain the idea of something that is similar but not the same or a variant mm -hmm. even like we talked about earlier, like you kind of said something that is mutated or, you know, whatever. Like if, it, I mean, I just think there's so much out there that we don't, that we don't know about that we like to pretend like we know for mm -hmm. sure. So, um, yeah. And like I said, I, th I personally find the Dogman stories really interesting because again, like werewolves and that whole thing, I, I love it. Uh, uh, I think like uh, I would I ever want to see one up close. Ab absolutely not. I have no desire. I don't, uh, you know, uh, I like to think of myself as a minimalist. I don't have a ton of different pairs of pants and I don't want to ruin a good pair of pants by seeing one up close, to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I like but I do think I do think that, uh, again, if nothing else, it is all of this is worth a thought experiment for and seeing what you come out with personally and we'll all have different opinions on it but doesn't mean the opinion is not valid it's your opinion um uh mm -hmm. but yes i think that i think that there could very well be something could be something to it um as far as something that is resembles a bigfoot in some ways but in other ways not um and then what that is like like i said i'm not an expert um i'm just a very curious individual and so I hope that we find out what it is and I hope that it's real. I just hope it's not in my backyard, but other than that, like I'm good. Yeah. With you on that. Yeah. And we did, we did touch on this a little bit earlier, but you gave a really good answer to it. So thank you for discussing this topic with me again. Thank you for that question. Yeah. Carl. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, we're coming up on the hour. We've got a couple questions left. Uh, Matt's tube of you uh, always supporting the channel, Matt. Thank you so much. Always good to see you. Um, great content as always, Adam, Aaron, Adam, and the rest of STM was really surprised to find out about NAWAC. That's the North American Wood Ape Conservancy uh, through this episode. Any plans for future episodes involving the group? Um, I will say for my part, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Adam, do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know of any specifics. I know that Seth still keeps up with some members of the group. I believe that the group itself still exists. I think it's branched off into mm -hmm. some subgroups uh, and whatnot, but the, but there is still that group out there. 
Um, and I know for one, you know, if, if Seth was to ask me to, you know, to go back out there, I mean, that was something that, like I said, I'd listened to on podcasts. I had, you have this picture of this place in your mind that you hear people describing and then to be in the middle of it. It was, you know, for a, for a kid interested in, in cryptozoology and these things like that, it was such a cool experience. Um, and I know that, uh, just personally speaking, great guys, like being out there with, and very much looking at it from a, in a unique perspective, from a very scientific perspective, maybe even more scientific than I would even like to look at it. Um, you know, very cut and dry, like this is what it is. And this is what we're here to do. And we're trying to take a type specimen, not because we're hunters and we want to kill it and hang it on our wall, because ultimately to prove the existence of a species, which is what they believe it is, is a flesh and blood mm -hmm. North American ape. Um, we need a type specimen to then be able to document, you know, in the record and say, this is a thing. And then ultimately there are conservation efforts that can happen to that as ironic as it sounds from taking, taking one, um, but there are things that can then be put into motion to protect what is obviously, if it is there, like I, like I do think that something is, um, is super rare is, is the, on the extreme side of endangered. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I totally agree uh, as far as like the, the NAWAC and their approach is fascinating just in and of itself. Um, very, very almost militant guys and how they execute their like strategy to, to find one or whatever and doc and documentation wise. I mean, that kind of thing I think is really cool. So I don't know of any specific plans and I'm sure there's a chance because Seth still is in contact with them. Um, but I, for one, just as a fan of small town monsters and the subject in general would be like all on board. Like I, if I'm there or not, whatever, Make another, make another one if it's possible because yeah. I'm sure there's. I'd more love stuff to hear an update. On. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, yeah, I think that's me too. Like, just an update even would be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Great question, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, we did. Oh, so awesome! I love this. Timothy Jacobson just joined the squad. That just came up in my feed. Welcome, awesome. Timothy. Thank you. I've said this before. I'm going to say it many, many times more. You guys make what we do possible. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, last question of the night, and I think we'll be coming up on the hour, is from our friend Michael Tovar. Um, Adam, have you seen the show Bigfootville? And if so, is it still a hotspot for Bigfoot? I have actually seen the show. There, there will be very few shows from like uh, the early 2000s to now, Bigfoot related, that I have not seen. I don't know about. I don't know about the, the kind of the current state at all. Um, but I, but, uh, I do know that I, I, I did enjoy that, that show. There were, there were, there were a lot kind of in that, in that vein that I, that I really liked. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other names. So I guess, I guess it's kind of a, that's kind of a, not a good answer. Cause I'm not sure honestly what the current state <laughs> is, but yes, I am familiar answer. with it. Yeah. I am familiar with it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> No, awesome. I'm always good to see you, Michael. Thank you. Michael, Michael asked a lot of good questions. Cool. Well, folks, that brings us pretty much to the end of our show tonight. Adam, man, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Like I said, you're at the beginning, you're a super cool guy. So thanks for hanging with me. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. And the questions were great. And this is, uh, this is, this is cool. So I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It's been a while since I've gotten to talk in this much detail about it. So it brings back 
good memories yeah, man. too for me as well. We'll have to. That's good. No, I'm glad. It's it's cool watching this stuff four years later. I didn't know you guys back then, but like it's so cool watching how STM has evolved, and you know you you've been an integral part of that. So again, pleasure to speak with well, you. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. This was, this was a lot of fun. Heck yeah. Thank you guys all so much for coming. You have a fantastic evening. We'll see you next Sunday for another live after show with another guest. Who is it? I don't know. Have to I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. That's not a joke. I don't know who it is. All right. Have awesome. a great week, guys. Thanks again. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Good night. Bye, guys. <laughs> You've been listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. If you enjoyed this show, consider giving it a like, review, rating, or sharing it with a friend. And be sure to visit smalltownmonsters.com for more info about this and other STM projects.